Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. You know, when you're angry, a little kindness can go a long way. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley. And, you know, when our spouse gets on our nerves, it is so vital that we respond with kindness and not retaliatory anger, right? I mean, it's so easy, though, to do the latter. Why is that? It is because immediately when we're angry, well, something's been pushed within us. And so it's recognizing something's going on within our heart. And so as you can step back and manage and get awareness into what's going on for me and get your heart back open, then it's a whole lot easier to respond with kindness and gentleness. But you definitely have to start with you. Oh, that's really good, Aaron. And uh, we're going to turn now to Pastor Ted Cunningham. He's a friend of yours and this ministry about how God's love motivates us to let go of our anger. Here now is Focus President Jim Daly. Let me ask you about uh, a scriptural application to this, because you look at the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, uh, when Jesus walked this earth, uh, he really went after them. And so often I sense that they had that attitude. They kind of had this attitude. They looked down on others. They looked Mm -hmm. down on sinners. Obviously, Caiaphas, the high priest, took it out on Jesus. He was angry about this man who was disrupting their power base. We've got to be careful about that, don't we? Mm. Uh, To repeat those same sins, uh, Mm. to get angry at a world that doesn't know God, doesn't live by his principles, and to uh, express anger toward them. Because you're saying there's some other primary motivation there. Talk about that bigger application in the culture. Mm. Well... We as a church, our desire is to be that safe place for people to come and to open up their hearts and to understand. I had a guy last week at church tell me he, he's probably in his 50s, but he said, I feel like I have wasted my entire life. And I come and I hear about Jesus. I hear the gospel. And I, I always love with that person sharing with them because I think there's so many people right now that, that are listening that have dealt with anger their whole lives. And I think that the, for me... The guarding that and allowing people to have their opinions and allowing people to to share again, I, I've I've gotten to that place I think where I, I don't believe I have to be the one that changes everyone. And I think that's what we struggle with in the church. I, I think we feel it's my job to present, it's my job to share. This is who Jesus is. This is the gospel. And there's so many people that that still hold to that behavior modification is where it's at. We just we need to change what people are doing on the outside. When Jesus couldn't have been more clear on, it's about the inside. It's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean. It's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Proverbs four twenty three above all else, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. And I always love that because I always view my heart as this love jug. And I share this with my <laughs> kids all the time. And I'd say I want to make sure I'm as full of God's love as possible. And this is why I have to make sure I'm I'm not turning on the news first thing in the morning. I mean, Amy and I have a new policy in our home, reach for the Bible before our phone, you know, because how easy is it for us to just pick up the phone in the morning and find out everything going on? I said, we've got to start our day right. Well, that's good. To make sure we're not feeding in. And if you're one that watches the same 30-minute news cycle all day long, where is your soul? Yeah. Where is your soul? And it depends on which news cycle you're watching, you know, to the attitude you're going to have towards people. 
uh, of a different opinion. There's kind of an adrenaline rush to that whole environment as well, mm-hmm. and you got to be careful about that. You got to know what's happening. I can recall uh, I was on a uh, cable news program. And this person, I won't name him, everybody probably would know him. And uh, he was going after this person who had a different political view right on the set. I mean, it's what's on camera. And we go to commercial break, and he turns and says, what time do you want me to pick you up for dinner? To the person he was just chewing out. And I thought, wow, Mr. and Mrs. America are not saying this right now, the relational side of it. It was mm-hmm. almost a game. Yeah. And they, they're feeding off of that anger they're creating. The lights came back on. Wham, he went right back at her. You idiot, how could you support oh, this candidate yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And then we went to commercial break and he said, do you like Italian food? Hmm. I mean, I was standing there just going, wow. Hmm. That's a, and we've got to be careful about that kind of uh, forced, um, it's almost like a theater scene. It's hmm. not necessarily real, but they're ginning up the emotion in people at home watching that. And we shouldn't take the bait. We've got to know first and foremost who we are as Christians before that anger gets uh, takes root in us. Yeah, I tell our parents at our church all the time, stop giving the kids a timeout and give yourself one. <laughs> because I really do believe, the, don't go to Facebook to vent. Don't go to social media. Take those primary emotions to the Lord. Deal with them. What am I feeling right now? Allow him to wake you up at 3 in the morning to deal with these primary emotions and to process them. But all you're going to do when you take this out to the World Wide Web is build anger in other people. And and I think that's the hard part for me with social media and stuff today is it's it's just feeding this anger Mm. in our culture that it's like, okay, I'm going to put this anger out there, and then I'm going to see how many people support it and like it, and they're angry with the same thing I'm angry with, and they're going to comment on it. And I'm just like, I just, I told Amy this so much in the last few weeks. I just, that is just not healthy for my soul. Mm-hmm. Well, and you think about it, that's exactly what Jesus showed up to demonstrate for us and to illustrate for us. He was in a, a very difficult spot, he had people very angry with him the way he went about his ministry. And we need to take our cue and learn our lessons from that. He remained calm, confident, uh, peaceful. He certainly spoke the truth, but always in love. You know, I love what Ted said about knowing what's good for your soul. That kind of understanding about yourself is so crucial. It's important to remember that our problems don't belong on social media. And um, Greg, Aaron, you both counsel couples. I'm sure you're seeing situations where social media is really causing problems for married couples, right? I think first and foremost, what it does or what it can do is it robs us of what we would call sacred time. So there there are certain moments of the day that are way more sacred than others. Okay. You know, I think about the average day for Aaron and I, you know, we're we're busy doing chores and taking care of kids and working, you know, doing all those kinds of things and thus relationally those aren't sacred moments. However, when like laying in bed at night together, in our own bed, and we've got some time just to connect and to talk. Well, what I've noticed is that Aaron and I struggle with this. We we get into this bad habit of, you know, finally now we can just lay down and check our phones and all of a sudden, boom, she might be on social media, I might be on, you know, playing a solitaire game or whatever. But the problem is, is that that is sacred time that could be used mm-hmm. just to catch up, just to snuggle 
just to laugh. I mean, there's many ways that we could use that before bedtime. In in social media, unfortunately, can rob How us. How often of that time. does one spouse start looking at the phone and the other says, "Well, if you're doing that, I'm going to do that," and then it becomes kind of this vicious cycle. It yeah. does, and I'm telling you, over and over again, talking to couples, they will say. Uh, if she would just get off her phone, he would just get off her phone. The problem is, is that they're on their phone too. And so that happens because then they're like, oh, he's on, I'll just be on mine. We always say there's one person glued to their phone within a marriage and there's one who typically isn't. And I am the one that is usually glued to my phone and I'm working on it, right? I, you know, he has brought that up many times. Like he'll be talking and he'll just stop because I'm on my phone and it's annoying. I don't like it, but I get it because it sends a message that you're not as important to me mm. as what I'm looking at right now. And in fairness to her, you probably on your phone doing more of the relationship stuff. So texting, <laughs> emailing, yeah. social media, but, but I mean, I, I'm on my phone all the time doing more of the solitary stuff, playing a game, yeah. looking at news feeds. And, and so, I mean, we, we both get into that. What we've noticed is that many nights we fail at protecting those moments that could be used to strengthen our marriage. Yeah. That's the, the problem. And there's also an opportunity to limit your time on social media because it definitely can skew how you feel about your own marriage. You see everybody's picture, perfect family vacation, these couples that are still so in love, and you begin to think, well... Our relationship isn't like that, mm -hmm. especially if you're struggling. And so it's important to remember what you're looking at is a skewed reality. And so no one's marriage is picture perfect. And to recognize having difficulties in a marriage is, is normal. So I shouldn't necessarily try to break all of that bad patterning by the culture by, you know, Facebook living the next conflict we have. <laughs> that may not go well. Yeah, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet you would. I, I would enjoy it. It's at the end of the day, just notice that there might be two or three sacred yeah, like marriage moments every day. And that's where you want to guard it from social media. All right. So go ahead and just write this down if you can. Just write sacred moment. And put that in your bedroom, but just, just post it on a bathroom mirror or something and say, this is sacred ground here. We're going to say no to the cell phone and, uh, and see what happens on that. And regardless of where you're at in your marriage journey, we really want to help you. I mean, it may be that you're preparing for marriage, and Greg and Aaron have invested heavily in a lot of great resources uh, to help you in that uh, season. If you're uh, recently married, you need some encouragement, or maybe you've been married for oh, I don't know, 34, 35 years like me, uh, we still need encouragement and reminders. So the website has lots of great help. If you're feeling like, you know what, we're in trouble and I don't know who to talk to, we have caring Christian counselors here. Uh, all of the contact info is available in the show notes. And um, if you can, please donate to Focus on the Family today. We'll say thanks for joining our support team by sending a copy of Ted Cunningham's book, From Anger to Intimacy, which he co-authored with your dad, right, Greg? He did, and it's an excellent book. It really is a great book, and uh, we'll be happy to send that to you again for a donation of any amount today. Well, next time we'll have Ted back talking about resolving anger in your marriage. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast. <laughs>